Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Square Zeros. I'm Derek Hawkins. And I'm John Mann. And today, we've got a very special guest with us. Two? He was, we have two special guests with <laughs> us. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Louis Ramos and from the Amputees, and the band I was in back then was the Mrs. Whitehead. And I'm Nova Luce. I play guitar in the Amputees now. So, Mrs. Whitehead was your high school band? Probably in my early 20s late teens early 20s when that monstrosity rolled around you know <laughs> and i just kind of fell into it like i knew these people and they their their singer before before just had kind of, he, he kind of did these monologues to all of the songs they were just like these long monologues on each and every one of the songs was so, it sort of spoken word yeah spoken it, oh, word to like this music and uh so i went in and auditioned for them and they were like yeah you can so i had to write the words and kind of come up with choruses and that kind of stuff so interesting yeah. so okay so you so you sing it what what is your role in the band did you i was sing? the singer in the band did you play any instrument no, as well just no, you just sang no. yeah just, just sang in that band nice. the songs were you know the music was already written and i just came in and kind of like restructured the songs a little bit to make them more what was your musical experience like because obviously now like you're you're a veteran you've been through a lot of bands but at the time had you done anything like that before no, that was my first band, but I had come from like the hardcore scene, you know, at the time CBGB's was around and there was a lot of, I would just, I was, I guess I was just coming out of the hardcore thing and the whole Sonic Youth thing was rising, you know, Sonic mm -hmm. Youth and Butthole Surfers were really popular at that time, Pussy Galore, all those bands. And, uh, and the hardcore thing was kind of dying out or going into a metal direction. So mm -hmm. I kind of got sick of that and was gravitating toward that, but I still had like this like hardcore thing because sure. i remember there was one review they wrote about us it was like these like floaty popsters and then this hardcore refugee singing for them <laughs> it's just like okay that was like description or whatever so that's pretty much how that came about and just situate us too just where where were you at this oh point? lower east side oh okay there was a lower east side kind of thing cool on there you know it was uh, the tail end of cbs as a as a hardcore thing which i i think kind of died on july 4th of 84 what happened on july 4th 84 uh, i'm not familiar with my cbgb's well, history that that deep well yeah it was like all the really good bands in new york kind of broke up that day for some reason there were like a lot there were like a lot of um end of shows there was a band called heart attack around at the time which was an amazing hardcore band and that was their last show and i remember standing out in front of cbs that day i didn't have any money to get in i was just outside and these skinheads rolled up in this like pickup truck with a dead deer and they dragged it out in front of CB's and proceeded to like chop its head off with this like big huge knife and just like swing it around afterwards and I'm thinking right now if that <laughs> happened now cops would be there in like 30 seconds right was, like, nobody showed up it was just like Jeez. these really aggressive skinheads running around with this like Cut off deer head. I was sitting that here. Sounds like some shit we would experience back in Virginia, bro. I'm but saying. like not in the Lower yeah. East Side in 1984, yeah, but in like or the 70s, yeah, <laughs> right? It was such a different in New right, York, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I was sitting here thinking, man, what a memory for dates this guy has. But I suppose if I had seen some shit like that <laughs> on July 4th, uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, saw, I saw all the bands. I mean, all those hardcore bands like Minor Threat and Black Flag and all those guys that mm -hmm. you know their peak at that time, right? You know? So. When was it then Bad Brains moved up here? Because Bad Brains was DC and then moved up. Yeah, started, I don't know. That was like 81. Here, right? Okay. Something like that. And, you know, it was just such an aggressive 
it's funny now, like the contrast between bands now, because now it's kind of like everybody loves each other, no matter what mm. genre they're playing. It could mm-hmm. be like us who are more poppy and then clean girls who are more noisy or whatever. And we're mm-hmm. all together. Back then, it was hatred. If you played a different type of music, if you didn't do hardcore or you were like a noise band or whatever, everybody hated each other. And it was all about physical aggression. Interesting. I mean, you could just get your ass beat down for showing up at the wrong show with the diff- you know, with bad clothing. Or, or if you were a peace punk, they used to call them peace punk, and you ended up at a skinhead show. Yeah. I went to see The Exploited in 84, and that was a free-for-all because they started singing Fuck the USA mm-hmm. from the stage, and the skinheads went nuts, and they started beating up all the kids who looked like the misfits in the audience. It was Jeez. crazy. It was nuts. It well, was nuts. Well, places, places then. So you, so Miss Whitehead starts now. Are you, at this point, what, what sort of scene were you guys a Well, actually, of? yeah, you were saying you were trying to get out of the hardcore scene yeah, a little bit. Were you but, looking for a band? Yeah, by by the time uh, Mrs. Whitehead came around, it was like Sonic Youth thing had risen. And uh, so we were kind of like on the periphery of that scene where we were a little more arty or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely not on the hardcore. I mean, we played with a few hardcore bands, but the funniest show we ever played was actually a CB's. We played with a, a Christian metal band from like Norway but a hair metal band okay. from Norway and an all-girl pop band and then us like, in the <laughs> middle. It was really fun. I wish I could remember these. One, the girl band was called Barefoot and Pregnant. I remember that. Good name. I can't remember this, the Swedish band's yeah, name. Whatever, whatever Norway's version of Striper <laughs> yeah. is. You play, yeah, you play Sweden or Norway, I couldn't tell you where, right. but I just remember like there was gigantic hair and uh-huh. it's like wow that's really weird but they're they're christians it's well, just weird well let's get let's get into a song let's hear let's hear what oh, miss whitehead sounded like let's hear this bridge between this sort of hardcore and uh and sonic youth sort of moment sure. um what was the first song you wanted to play for us pigman okay pigman yeah, that's a little more aggressive i guess it's yeah like, I, I did that one that was all improvised vocals you know on that one cool because i hated writing stuff down so there you <laughs> go you know Yeah. 
All right. Pigman. Pigman. That Mrs. was fucking Whitehead. sick. What do you think? Lewis's voice has definitely changed a lot. It was pretty interesting to hear his voice when he was how old? 19. 19. <laughs> 19, which is just a year older than me. Uh, cool to see how he got his start in music. I thought I really dig the song. He was he was ripping on his own music, yeah, but, but I think it's pretty good. It has that um that break, like break. I want to call it a breakdown. Um, that sounds kind of like Black Flag. It's really sweet. Yeah, B side of My War, man. That's what came to mind. <laughs> yeah, well, My War is one of my favorite albums. You know, I mean, at the time, people really hated it. It's it. What what I loved is that Black Flag just kind of slowed down while everyone was trying to get faster and faster. They just kept slowing down. And I yeah, that was it was, great it was interesting when you were talking a little bit earlier and you were talking about how, you know, the hardcore thing has sort of changed, you know, is going towards metal. And then you mentioned that the singer in this band or not even the singer in this band before you was just doing monologues. Over yeah. it. I mean, I'm immediately thinking. Rollins, 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 Rollins the entire time. Yeah, you know, but it, it, going on. it was like nowhere, kind of nowhere near Rollins. <laughs> right. right. Well, no, that was that was great. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say the talk over we got in here, like during the song that you know our listeners weren't privy to, was Lewis, you know, shaking his head and you know looking into his hands and Nova saying, I don't know, this is kind of rad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was fun playing that stuff, but that was definitely a different kind of tune because most of the stuff that we did was you know, kind of floatier, more, I guess, sonic youth-oriented without being quite as noisy. What was the what was the lineup? Was it drums, bass, it was, guitar, singing? Yeah, and then the girl who would beat the, the tom drum. Oh, you had, a, you had an additional percussionist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she would just beat it. <laughs> and was that ripped from vinyl? No, no, that was from a cassette. Cassette, awesome. It's, it's amazing that that thing survived because it's gone through so many generations over the years it was like somewhere in my closet or something and i had somehow found it and then put it onto a, a cd and it was you know it took me a while to find it and now you guys are <laughs> plastering it all over the now, internet it will live forever because <laughs> thanks thanks to square zeros <laughs> um how did you how did you record it initially we recorded some of it was recorded in an eight track studio and then the other some of the other songs were recorded on a 16 track and that was really funny because we just kind of like went into this studio and when we walked in the guy who was like engineering or producing us or whatever he was he was listening to this like music he was making and it was like this slow muzak version of michelle the beatles song (laughs) and i immediately knew like oh we're in trouble (laughs) you know this is not gonna this is not gonna wind up noisy at all because my thing at the time was to sound as noisy as possible Mm -hmm. you know because i was into like bands like like pussy galore and stuff like that so but it just didn't sound like that at all right well i I don't know i mean i think the vocals at the end where you started really howling yeah the the production sounded good on those yeah i like to wash out drums and oh that was the okay okay he kind of got it it sounds like he was he was he was oh his name was kramer that was his name and 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 he was he was he was cool he was in bands and stuff so he understood the whole but the other guy i just knew he had like this at the time he had like this long hair and it was like Michelle. It was like dee, 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 dee. I was just like, no, this is just <laughs> this is not be good. Bad. <laughs> well, let's get into another one. Let's um, let's hear the other side of Mrs. Whitehead, uh, the Sonic Youth, Sonic Youthier side. Do you want to introduce another track? Okay, Mean Streak is is kind of noisy. That one's from the 16 track, so you know we could. <laughs>
I guess that was a little upbeat too. That wasn't really Sonic Youthy kind of thing. That's pretty ill. Yeah. What do you think, Nova? I thought it was really great. I was very moved down very pleasant streams <laughs> by the very nice sounds. And then Lewis's voice came in and it was a little bit aggressive and I thought, this is a nice edge. And then it sounded like the Pixies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all the that's yeah. all the that's all the Lewis kinda kinda made uh, made explicit for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice when you can come clean about like where you're stealing from. Well, I had, I had, I have no idea until after, you know, uh, when I heard the guitar and it was, oh yeah, that's that part in the song sounds just like I don't remember the name of the Pixie song, but there's right. he stole he directly stole it. From yeah, it sounds like something else too. Little, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, yeah, I mean, the vocals are the one thing that doesn't sound on that yeah, song yeah. anything like the Pixies. I mean, you have much more just sort of like too much straight, listening to DRI or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. sort, of, sort of melodic sort yeah. of thing there. So let me ask, what was it like taking this stuff to the stage after being, sounds like, very much involved in the hardcore scene? Oh, it was great fun because back then it was just kind of a free-for-all. Like, some guy would live in a space and, like, in a loft, and he'd just, like, set up a show there. And then you would go in there. I remember we played one show where nobody came, and there were people in the street. And I just kind of like, hey, hey, come in. And all these people came in and just started having a great time. And then it was packed with, like, citizens mm-hmm. who had absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> punk music or anything. They just came in to, like, see this circus. And But the other guys in the band would always get really mad at me because I wanted feedback over everything. Mm-hmm. So I would take my mic and put it into the, into the uh, amp. And they just create this like high pitch, like yeah. And they were like, "Yo, you gotta stop that, man." <laughs> well, then you do it. Right, right. Well, let me ask you then. I mean, I don't think I, I don't know if there's anything that's quite an analog to just you know people, random people off the street coming in. But do you see some sort of connection between I mean those years and loft, you know, and the loft parties that people are having now? I mean, that it oh, seems sure. like now it's becoming a much more. Maybe the '90s was a downtime for that, where you had to play bars and venues and things a lot, but. It's definitely now a scene where there's a lot of sort of DIY spaces. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, I had no idea during like the 90s, I mean, the I guess the 2000s early, mm-hmm. uh, that there was anything going on. I had just like completely dropped out. And it was the screaming females that kind of got me back into, oh, there is something happening somewhere. And that's where I discovered all this new music. But it's definitely now more together. There's more because now everybody can just like pick out of everywhere. These, mm-hmm. these things that happened before them and just form these this kind of music that's got everything in it, which kind of like what was Nirvana was about. They kind of took from the Beatles and punk and everything and just kind of mishmashed it. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's encompassed within all the scenes. There are so many bands that have different styles, so it's great. I think right now is really great for freedom in music. That wasn't around back then, which is you had your scene and you better not move out of that or mm-hmm. you know you're gonna get it you know <laughs> so you know it's awesome okay. that's come up in a couple of our interviews like you know the kind of north brooklyn scene is pretty tight like a lot of the bands know each other and the sounds are completely disparate and it's okay like we were talking earlier about like how a mixed bill for a show is really great mm-hmm. and how this is like a really positive thing for bands it sounds like you didn't really get that for a really long time when you were starting up no it would i mean there were obvious shows where there were those kind of things but it never went down well with the crowds you know because you had the aggressive element of the skinheads who were not they didn't want to hear anything 
said that's what they wanted to hear. And if they didn't get that, then it became a problem, you Mm. know. And, you know, anything that sounded like the Misfits or anyone who looked different, that was another thing, you know, anybody. So it, it... even though the bands kind of did play together sometimes, once in a while, it was still a dangerous. You you never felt kind of like relaxed. It was mm. always tense in at, at that time. And that's gone now. You can go to a show and mm. you know now when I see kids like slam dancing or whatever, I don't even look behind me because it's a completely different thing. You know they're right. having fun. It's the same movements, but it's not there to hurt you. Hurt yeah, they were. Tr- I mean back then. They were actually trying to They hurt wanted you. to hurt you, you know, especially if they picked you out as being somebody that they didn't like, you were done. That was the end of that. So that's how it's different now. You know, I mean, there is a line going from then to now, but, you know, it's much safer now and much more fun. What, what were you guys doing when, when you were in Mrs. Whitehead? What was, like, each band member doing outside of it? Were you guys service sector workers? Or did you have other jobs? At the time, I think I was working in a bar in the Lower East Side. Um, I don't even know what the other guys did. They were like, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. I find, I, mean, that, I find that that happens sometimes now, though. There are guys that we play with that I'm like, I have no idea what that guy does for money. Right? Exactly. You know, like, he's we're, one of the we, best bases we I know. I have no idea. We weren't what that exactly dude does friends. For money. You know, we weren't like hanging out. Like, we would, I really wanted them to change the name. I hated that name <laughs> so much. I literally. What's the name? What's the background of the name? Um, the name was already in place when I joined, but I think it had something to do with Mary Beth Whitehead, which was, I think, some kind of like court case that was going on at the time, hmm. some kind of like custody battle. I think that's where that came from. And I would actually get them together and we would have like these powwows and how we could change our name. They used to be called Christ on a Bike, which I thought was such a better name. <laughs> I did it. Like, Let's go to Christ on a Bike, man. Come on. And they were just like, no, Mrs. Whitehead. I was just, oh. So... That's how we kind of like, because they just saw me as like a loose cannon. Like I was very aggressive live and I would break things. Mm. Invariably like at CB's, I would break a mic or something. And then like they would corner us at the end of the show. And I was really swift because I was just a singer. So I was out of there and they would get caught with their equipment. And they were like, hey, you just broke our mics and blah, blah, blah. So they were always angry at me. And I was like, that's punk rock, man. What are you (laughs) upset about? You know, so... I don't know. That's how we kind of like went our different ways. Yeah. And let me ask you too: uh, Were there so were there a series of bands between Mrs. Whitehead and Amputees? I mean, are, were there other bands that you kind of played? Yeah. With well, time? we after that we didn't have any bands that like um, kind of played out. But there was another band we were forming, me and this other guy, and it was actually a really good band. It was kind of like grunge. Before grunge, just before the whole Nirvana thing happened, we were we were making we did a version of um the Beatles' Paperback Writer that kind of mm-hmm. sounded like Sabbath. Oh, nice! You know, so that is a great riff at the beginning. Yeah. Of that song. So so, you know, yeah, that was like pretty much the only thing before craziness and drugs took over. So <laughs> it was you know, but that stuff still survives. I should have thought of that. Just have to have you back. Yeah, some of that stuff is really good. Yeah, as opposed to this stuff. <laughs> I hope I hope nobody from Mrs. Whitehead will ever listen to this. So, so, you, so you don't you don't look on this music as fondly as me. I mean, I do. It was fun at the time, but I don't. It's not really good music. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Well, I don't know. You're wrong. It's good you. music. So, if anyone from Mrs. Whitehead is listening, Nova is on your side. <laughs> <laughs>
well, let's well, talk we, about amputees for yeah a let's second. talk about amputees um, amputees is a sick band uh you guys have been pretty busy this spring winter and spring yeah. um what are you guys up to oh uh, we're we're putting out an album in the fall we're gonna be um recording that uh we're going on a tour in july and we're playing april 11th at don pedro's for my birthday so oh yeah great man and uh, where are you guys going on tour how long are you going? um the plan so far right I'm in the middle of booking it. it's not that many shows we want to play like three or four shows but could call that mini 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 tour yeah sure um port huron michigan which is I don't know anything about Port Huron, Michigan, but it's called Port Huron, Michigan. So I want to go there. I have some friends who live there. Okay. Um, I want to go to Cleveland mm-hmm. or Dayton, um, Chicago, and maybe Pittsburgh. Sure. Those, that's the plan. So go out west. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun thing right. to do. You know, we're, we're going to take a road trip out there in Kayleen's car. Oh, nice. So, you know, that should be a good time. Yeah, that should be a ball. Yeah. Can you talk at all just about like before we cut out here, <clears throat> before we cut out about uh, the translation uh, from Miss Whitehead to amputees? Do you see any kind of common thread or like anything that you carry with you from there? Well, I guess you know lyrically, I guess a little bit. I imagine. I mean, it was me. Um, I don't see much except maybe maybe my sense of pop. You know, because the Missus sense of structure because you are the main yeah songwriter in the band. yeah you know the structure which when they when they gave me the songs they were just like these chords put together and i was like no 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 let's try to structure them into like you know i'm really a classicist in that way where i i love you know verse chorus verse solo may, maybe middle eight we're done with a song all right move on to the next one i don't really like to go off on because mm-hmm. i'm not good at that you know and not that i don't like listening to that Things that are more like experimental, but I am not good at that stuff. I just stick kind of like with what I, I'm able to do best, you know. So, you know, that I guess is like a thread because I kind of made Mrs. Whitehead a little more pop oriented or whatever. Although I, you know, I still wanted them to do a shitload of feedback. So, right. you know, so, you know, that's uh, your vocals and your vocals and Mrs. Whitehead are very raw, I find. And with the amputees, you're a lot more delicate. Maybe delicate is a little harsh. But, um, <laughs> delicate is a little harsh. When I look at you, I just think delicate. See, you that's, know. That's, that's, that's me listening to a lot of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah. You know? all those, like, really operatic harmonies on yeah, the amputees, yeah, but yeah. still maintaining the aggression like yeah. in songs like King Jubs or in yeah. Devil, where you're yeah. screaming and bringing that yeah. to the songs. Yeah. I used to just go up there and scream like Mrs. Whitehead, and it just became... Because I was also into the birthday party mm, out of yeah. Nick Cave. So to me, like, oh, yeah, if I scream, it'll be really intense, and it was just a mess. You know, it's surprising. <laughs> Across, like, 13 episodes now, the birthday party has never come up, but there's oh, really? a really important band. I feel like, you know, like, people are really looking back at Nick Cave, and uh, Nick Cave's obviously doing amazing stuff now. Yeah. And Roland S. Howard's first. His, yeah, his yeah, solo yeah, albums yeah, are just yeah, yeah. amazing. The birthday party were really. I remember I got the the twelve inch and it was like Lydia Lunch on one side, and the birthday. I didn't know who the birthday party was. I was just listening to the to the Lydia Lunch side, and one day I played that birthday party. It was it was this live thing, four songs called Drunk on the Pope's Blood, and I listened to that thing, and I was just like, holy shit, this thing is loud and full of like it was just insane. Like it was called Fifteen Minutes of Sheer Hell, Drunk on the Pope's Blood. And it was just their version of Loose. It's just like, oh, melting. I mean, to do a Stooges song and to be able to just out 
aggression them was just amazing. And I thought like that that none of their their studio stuff ever caught up to that original stuff that I heard. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. So you guys want to take us out on an amputee song? Sure. What are we? All right. We're going to have Nova's vocal on Holden. This song is Holden. It's about Holden Caulfield from Catcher in the Rye. Nice. All right. Awesome, guys. So thanks All again right. to Luis Ramos and Nova Luce for being with us today, the amputees. Amputees, April 11th, Don Pedro, new record coming out, tour in the works. EP Scream Out, available on 7 Inch Final. I got one right here. It's awesome. Miss Whitehead, forever. <laughs> it is now. It is now, whether you want it to be or not. Thank you, guys. Thank awesome. you, guys. Thank you, guys. Score zeros.